buying behavior has changed. Prospects don't click on links and emails anymore, and they don't watch the videos you spend hours creating every week. Instead, send personalized gifts and memes using Vidyu. You can quickly create engaging, personalized content that immediately grabs your prospect's attention, helps you stand out in the inbox, and does it all without forcing them to click anything or go anywhere. Head over to vidyou.io slash salescast to sign up for free and spend less time getting your messages across and more time selling. Welcome to The Sales Hustle, the only no BS podcast where we bring you the real, raw, uncut experiences from sales change makers across various industries. The only place where you can get what you're looking for to up your sales game. Today's episode is brought to you by SalesCast. SalesCast helps sales professionals transform the relationship building process and win their dream clients. I'm your host, Colin Mitchell. All right. What's happening, sales hustlers? Welcome to another episode. I'm excited today to bring on Brian McDonald. Brian is a leading expert in B2B sales strategies, systems, processes, and tactics. He serves entrepreneurs and consultants who developed an expertise in corporate America and now uses those expertise to serve small and medium-sized businesses. Brian, how are you doing? I'm great, man. Happy to be here. Happy to uh, be here with your sales hustlers, man. Yeah, I was a little nervous. I didn't know if you were going to agree to our ground rules uh, of, <laughs> of the show so that we can uh, so that we can actually record today. So I'm glad you did, and we can share some fire for the sales hustlers. Uh, you make it easy, man. You make it easy. <laughs> uh, all right. So we always start these out pretty similar here. Uh, give us the you know Cliff Notes short version of of your sales story, and then let's get into the good stuff. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> I've been in sales for my whole 20 plus career. And uh, I, I think, you know, growing up, just being a people person, being around people, love being around people, it was natural. I didn't, uh, I didn't question, uh, you know, getting into it. I just hopped in feet first and just mm. figured out my place, you know, where was my role best where was my best fit and what kind of role in, in sales. And it was always in some type of entrepreneurial uh, sales position until uh, I started my own company. Mm, mm, okay. So you didn't get into sales kicking and screaming like a lot of people. No, uh, <laughs> it's actually my first job out of college, to be honest, I knew I was in the right place because I was looking around going, man, if these dudes can do it, I can do it. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Um, I got into sales cause Nothing else was willing to give me a chance. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, what? I, here's a funny thing that you say that is the uh, my first job out of college. The reason why they <laughs> hired me is because uh, it was a um, uh, packaging wholesaler. And the reason why they hired me is I had a summer job in college working mm -hmm. in a box manufacturing plant. I don't know how that added up to me being able to sell the stuff, but here I am today, man. <laughs> Yeah. Interesting. You know, a lot of people get into sales because they say, oh, you know, I wanted to do this and then realize I didn't like it. And then sales was kind of my plan B. Uh, sales was mm. my only plan. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so Me too. yeah. Awesome. All right. So let, let's get into it here. Um, you know, a lot of people have been talking about some of these topics, but I'm, I'm really you know keen to get some of your thoughts around it. You know, uh, talking about, you know, salespeople just 
being more comfortable, being more authentic, being themselves. Like, mm-hmm. why is that important? What does that look like to you? Uh, you know, I, I, I talk to like or a lot of my clients, like you mentioned, are these experts, people who didn't choose sales as their mm-hmm. as their number one career. And, and a lot of times they're stuck in their head and and can't get out of their own way. And what that allows them to do is they, they try to be somebody else or some persona that's slick has all the answers and, or, or this, this super smart expert. Uh, mm. and it, it, it doesn't show well in sales because in my opinion, uh, you have to be present and mm. listen to understand the, the, the buyer, especially in the world we're now. And if you're in your head, trying to be somebody else, you're, you're not paying attention to what's going on. So if you can just be present, be yourself and, uh, and show up authentically, I believe you can, um, communicate to a buyer that you're, you're there to understand them. And I think that in the hierarchy of needs of a buyer, that's pretty high up there. Yeah. I was going to have a question for you, but I was in my head and I missed everything you said. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> no, it's I'm just work, kidding. Man. I'm I just know, kidding. Um, there's so many, there's so many things, there's so many things we can peel back on, on what you just said. So let's start with uh, a couple of them here. So you said, you know, being present, um, being present so that you're actually listening, you know, and not being in your head. Right. Mm-hmm. And so what happens when you, when you, when you are in your head and you're not present and you're not listening, you know, to what your prospects say, uh, you you turn the focus on yourself when the focus mm. should be on the other person. Right. Right. Uh, one of the, one of the greatest things a mentor of mine taught me was, uh, when he, uh, something he did is that when he sat down, uh, with a prospect, if there was a chair next to him, uh, or not, he would, he would put an imaginary chair and he would put himself in it would say, Hey, uh, I'm going to be here to spend time with this person. Mm-hmm. You can sit here, just don't say anything. And I'll get back to you when we're done. And, and he would turn the chair backwards. And it was one of the greatest mind tricks that I've ever learned because when at times when I'm feeling nervous, I do that. And I can, mm-hmm. I can present myself because the, uh, I, I allow the the focus to not be on myself and, and and create a mechanism to have it on the other person. Wow, that's a pretty incredible trick, but I mean these days that chair better be 6 feet apart. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and it better have a mask, hand yeah. hand sanitizer and gloves. Yeah. Yeah. Um uh, okay, so there's one more thing that you said there in the beginning that I just I really want to um uh, uh, uh dig into as well. So you, you mentioned that, um, a lot of sellers struggle cause you know, they're in their head or they want to be perfect or have all the answers. Right. Mm. And I know from experience and from people that I've talked to, like actually not having all the answers and showing that level of like vulnerability and like having more of a collaborative conversation with your prospect is actually most people are too scared. To like if I don't have all the answers, then I'm not going to be this expert that I'm supposed to be. And I'm going to mm-hmm. lose that sort of trust or respect or rapport that I'm, you know, working towards, but it's actually the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. 
uh, spot on, right? Because uh, if you if you are the expert, the, the prospect wants you to understand them and the situation first, and then apply your expertise. What I found to be true is mm. is people get that caught, get caught in what we're talking about in the negative side of this. They just dump the expertise uh, and 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 don't understand the situation. Like, hey, I got all the answers, and you actually come off as a as an arrogant asshole. Yeah, yeah, right. Which right. doesn't really put you in the 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 category of expert. Exactly. Uh, I believe that that. At some point in time in the recent past, uh, sales has changed where uh, maybe maybe in the 50s and 60s, you had to have all the answers. Now, what buyers want is that collaboration that you're talking about, this back and forth. It's more of a, to me, it's a discovery process rather than a, I got all the answers process. Mm, it's yeah. it, because the the... They don't judge you by your expertise. They judge you by the questions that you ask. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you need to know some, I mean, you need to know some basics, right? Like you need to have a general sense of what might resonate with them or what problems they might have or what might pique their interest. Or, I mean, you need to, you know, know some things, but I think where a lot of sellers fall into trouble is you don't need to know everything. Mm -hmm. And you actually can build trust and rapport by like, Oh, tell me, you know, tell me more about that. Or, you know, why is mm -hmm. that important? Um, I mean, your prospects want to feel like you understand them, which is you mm -hmm. know something that you mentioned that you get them specifically because people think that they're unique. I mean, they're not, they're not that unique, yeah. but they want to feel like they are. And as a seller, it's your job to, you know, show them that you, and, and there's a big difference here, not like pretend like you care or act like you care, like yeah. actually care enough to ask questions, spend time with them, learn more, uh, and ask the, 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 the right questions and deeper questions that most people aren't willing to take the time to do. Yeah. And that whole, uh, acting like you care, not just, yeah. you know, just lip service <clears throat> that to me has, is, is illustrated through your tonality, your body language and things like that. Uh, it's a, it's a nonverbal communication. You make them feel it. Mm -hmm. Uh, you don't make them hear it. Mm. Yeah. I mean, people remember more of how you made them feel than what you actually said. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, all right. So now with your, with your prospects, you know, making them see that you actually care, mm -hmm. is going to stand out. Mm-hmm. Most people aren't doing this stuff. Most people are still in that place of fear of like trying to have all the answers and just, you know, spilling their guts about features and benefits and why they're the best. It, it, for me, that's a couple of things. One, it's ego. Uh, the ego gets in the way. And two, I have a belief that says I have the expertise and the prospect is going to tell me exactly what part of that expertise to offer them. So I need to listen for it. And, and they'll like, for instance, when I'm on sales calls, uh, I'll ask people, you know, I'll find out where they're going. Like why, why this, why now 
to get a to get a story. And I just I, I know that the, the the areas that they're gonna that I work with that they, they can go into. Mm-hmm. And usually at the end of an introductory call, all I do is repeat back to them what they told me. I tell them a story around uh, a client that I help that matches something to that. And I ask them if they want to talk more and it, it, I'm, I'm repeating back to them what they're telling me. And, mm-hmm. and, and they pick that up as, as a deep expertise. Yeah. And they're able to see if you care and, or feel that you mm-hmm. care based on, yeah, a couple things, right? were you actually listening to what they said? Mm -hmm. So if you're Mm -hmm. repeating a lot of that stuff back, or if you're asking good questions, because a lot of times, it was something you mentioned early on, right? Is a lot of times Mm -hmm. sellers can get caught up in their head, right? Mm -hmm. And they miss opportunities to ask good questions to, Mm -hmm. they miss, they miss things that were said that could take them places that are going to, you know, build that trust in the rapport. Um, and so when you ask those good questions and, and, and you, you don't miss certain things, that's the way to show, you know, and build that trust and rapport. And then one of my personal favorite things is actually challenge them a little bit. Like so many people want to just be, yes, 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 we can do that. Sure. Like, let's get to the next step of the selling process and, you know, make your prospects think a little bit differently, challenge them on something, you know, um, that's, what they want. They want somebody that's going to maybe teach them something that they don't already know, not just agree with everything that they already think. Oh, I, I love that because, uh, it's, it, it's a, it, they're actually expecting that they're expecting you to challenge them. What I found be true is people either sit too far on one side or the other. They're just mm. challenging the whole time and just yeah. showing up like a dick or they're just the yes person and they're showing up like a, like a wussy. Right? Like, yeah. yeah. They're, they're, there's an in-between there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you gotta, and you gotta find what that, that place is. But a lot of this is like, if we kind of take a couple steps back, right. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of this comes to like mindset and confidence mm-hmm. with your, with yourself individually just personally so that you can be more present, be mm-hmm. more curious, ask better questions, be willing to ask deeper questions, not feel like you have to have all the answers. So what are some things that sellers can do to kind of get in the right headspace to apply some of these things that are maybe really, uh, you know, against what they're doing now? Yeah. So I think that there, there's an overarching kind of formula or process that, that, that I'll talk about and then dive deep into that. Um, so it's uh, when you have clarity, it gives you confidence. And when you have confidence, you take effective action. You know, that's, that's, that's real high level. So, uh, when you think about being in sales situations and creating clarity for yourself, you have to be clear on, um, who is it that you serve and I mean, I'm not talking about a niche. I'm talking about a demographic and a psychographic profile of people, uh, understanding how you serve them and what you can and cannot do. Uh, and, and how those problems or those things that you resolve show up in a business because people are going to talk about symptoms of problems quicker than they're going to talk about the actual problem itself. They, they, they think they're, they think the symptom is the actual problem. So, so excuse me. So if you get those things down uh, uh, and, and you have those, you can sit and, and be more present, which when you're present, you're very confident. Mm-hmm. So inside that meeting, 
you'll take the most effective action. Uh, you know, I'm not a big on, I'm not real big on a scripts or scripts person, uh, because I'm always pivoting off of what the other person's saying, because, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Conversations are too dynamic. Like Mm -hmm. a lot of people are looking for like the perfect playbook (laughs) or the silver, silver bullet script. I think scripts are important because it gives you a bit of a guide or like, you know, somewhere to start like hey here's kind of the general things to get the conversation going um here's what we're looking to like learn in this conversation mm-hmm. um but you can't just fully rely like you gotta and and, and sales leaders need to just kind of you know encourage their teams to have more autonomy and like being more creative and bringing themselves into you know how they get to that goal of the conversation. Um, and not just like, Hey, if they say this, you know, here's, here's the objection. Here's the rebuttal. Here's the objection. Here's the rebuttal. Right? Yeah. It, it, if you want a robot, go buy one. Yeah. We're yeah. not, these are people, right. And on the, uh, uh, in, in on purpose growth, my business, I'm, I run the coaching side of our business. We have a consulting side where we work with sales leaders and, and, and organizations. And it drives us nuts because, uh, there's a lot of tools or practices that are just ineffective that are accepted Mm -hmm. in sales leadership as kind of these, these are how things are done. And it's just complete BS. Uh, Like uh, we, uh, we, we did a podcast called uh, using metrics as weapons, Uh, meaning that there's a lot of companies that set up metrics just to beat people over the head with that uh, create no meaningful progress in a business other than being able to fire people. And that's completely (laughs) ridiculous. Right. Mm So, so, uh, and two, it, yeah, learn your people and how they show up best in the world and then leverage that. Right. If you got a relationship guy, figure out how to help that guy build relationships and leverage that. If you got a cold caller, figure out how to get the cold caller and leverage that. Right. Be fluid because these are people, not fucking robots. Mm. All right. If you didn't hear that, rewind and listen to it again. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, and yeah, I mean, there's there's so many um, people that they're just pissed off. They're like. I'm tired of this freaking, you know, dashboard jockey sales manager that all he cares about these activity quotas. And you wonder why people aren't hitting quota because they're shoving all this damn fluff into their pipeline just to keep their managers off their neck. Well, and uh, this is a pet peeve of mine. I don't want to get too far off on a tangent. So um, the, the very first client that I had years ago was a banker who went to move to the uh, uh, finance world. I'm not going to say the name of the company, but a wholesaler. Right. And, and there was an event that happened with one of the other reps where a market opened up that never opens up. And it was like the perfect storm. A couple hundred million dollars came to the marketplace. It wasn't this guy's control. And he had the key to the one thing that most people wanted in the marketplace. So he he, he crushed his sales goal by like four or five hundred percent. And then what they did was they literally took the guy. They didn't look at the situation. They took the guy's uh, uh, goals for next year and ratcheted it up and set him up for failure because mm-hmm. the market, the marketplace wasn't going to support him bringing enough money. And then they, they, they eventually put the guy on, uh, um, uh, uh, what do you call it? probation 
and eventually tried to fire him for, for something that they set up. It just blows yeah. my mind. It blows yeah. my mind. The sad thing is, is that story that you just laid out uh, happens more often than 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 it should. Like that's that's not like a one in a million story. That's like a mm-hmm. common scenario there. Um, so I want to go back to one thing we were talking about a little bit because we mentioned a lot um, about confidence, right? So if you want to get mm-hmm. out of your head, you want to ask good questions, you want to be more authentic, you want to be yourself, you want to be able to have these dynamic conversations where you're not you know, relying on the script, um, it comes back to confidence and mindset, right? And so recently I, I interviewed um, Mark Hunter and I dove mm-hmm. into one of his books recently and uh, – and he said something interesting that I was like, I, I think I knew it, but like it just really resonated with me. So I want to get your thoughts. And, and so he said, uh, you know, the most important person you'll ever sell is you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I was just reading a, uh, uh, a quantum physics, quantum mindset book. And uh, it, it reminded me of what you just said is that you can't get out of life what you want until you accept yourself and where you are right now, because the work, you're not going to line up. You're not going to be in alignment of what you want because you're battling yourself and you're battling achieving what you want. It's kind of like you got your foot on the brake and the gas at the same exact time. Mm. So how do you do that? Uh, and there's a lot. Give yourself grace. Uh, make better assessments. Well, uh, I rephrase. Make um, a more meaningful and powerful assessments about yourself. Yeah. Uh, don't be the biggest judge. And 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 here's here here's the one way. This this may people may hear this or see this and go, what the fuck is this guy talking about? But I know it to be true is that if you want to figure out where you're judging yourself, look at the judgments you're making of other people, because we the people you get along with do and act the way you like to act. Mm. The people you judge are the things that you dislike and hate about yourself. Mm. Directly proportionate. So when you when you you're pissed off at somebody who uh, uh, doesn't show up somewhere on time, you judge yourself for not being somewhere on time. So you hold that standard to yourself. And that's that's most likely a place that you're being hard on yourself. So if you're if you're if you're judging people for having other things, Mm -hmm. if you're judging people for. Uh, being a jerk, you're most likely as proportion a jerk. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I totally agree with that. And, uh, there was somebody who put a post out about like all this bunch of lists of things like I forget, you know, you know, salespeople never do any of these things or on a demo, never do any of these things. And there's this, just this big long list of things to never do. And you know, they were decent things like, Mm -hmm. yeah, you shouldn't do it, but it's just like having a list of like, I'm never going to do this. Or, you know, it just creates additional stress and more things to judge yourself about as a seller. Like, yeah, I mean, common sense. Don't be late to a demo. Like you shouldn't be late to a demo, but you know what? Sometimes it does happen. Yeah, it does happen, but don't show up and say, Hey, Oh, I'm really sorry. You know, my computer wasn't working. You know, they're going, Oh yeah, sure. I, I, I show up, I show up late and say, Hey, you know what? 
I'm really sorry. My last meeting went over and I apologize, you know? Yeah. And they're like, cool. You, you earn more trust and respect from the people and the relationships that you're building, whether it's your customers, your prospects or partners, whatever the case is. If you're just hundred percent, totally honest, no matter what, mm-hmm. and if it. you make a mistake, own it. And it actually helps you more than it hurts you. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things in this world that we, we do that the world teaches you to do that actually hurt you more than help you. And, and for even lists like that, I tell people flip them. Don't make a list of what not to do. Make a list of what you intend to do and focus yeah. on that shit. Because, yeah. because if you like my wife always says to me, uh, hey, don't forget this or don't forget that. And I instantaneously flip it to, okay, I'm going to remember this or I'm going to remember that because my mind, all of our minds are going to yeah. follow the directive, right? Yeah. So flip it to a, a positive directive. Yeah. Yeah. If you have a big list of things not to do or things not to forget, you're not, you're going to do them and you're going to forget them. <laughs> exactly. 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 It's crazy. And like, you know, the post, like they were things, they were decent things like, you know, Hey, don't have a bunch of personal, you know, bookmarks saved, you know, show up on time, you know, don't, um, you know, don't have crappy internet or, you know, don't have mm-hmm. audio issues. They're, they're decent things, but like having a big list of shit to not do, I mean, Sellers have enough stress from their, from their, from their, you know, dashboard jockey sales managers mm-hmm. and the activity quotas, That's like, you know, <laughs> I love creating, I love creating another big, and then, I mean, the post was got a lot of attention. There's all these other people adding more shit to the list. Don't do this. Mm-hmm. Don't do this. Don't do, it's like, what the fuck can I do? <laughs> There's right. not much left. Yeah. Oh, right. I get it. You want me to be perfect. Yeah, and which, yeah. Yeah. And so there's a lot of people talking about, you know, be real, be yourself, be more. And, and, and the thing that I'm really getting a kick out of these days, and we talked about it a little before, right, is be more human. Mm-hmm. Be more yeah. hu- what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> okay. So, yeah, I'm human. You want me to be more human. But really what it, people I think are, are saying is like, just be yourself, be real, be authentic, be honest. You're going to make mm-hmm. mistakes. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Don't judge yourself for them. Oh, if, you, oh, if you make a mistake, own it, learn from it improve, mm-hmm. you know, um, there's a lot of pressure to be perfect, to hit these, you know, huge quotas that are unjustified, um, mm-hmm. you know, to do this many meetings and this many demos and this many that. And, you know, if you just, uh, stay out of the results and, and be more of yourself and invest more in yourself personally and in, in your mindset and your confidence, like your professional role becomes so much easier. Yeah. Uh, and I, I love what you said about stay out of the result. And this is one of those things where it's kind of like a paradox backwards. It's it live in the process, be about the process of getting better, be about the process of being yourself, being about the process of, you know, hitting your goals. And and, and they will actually come uh, a lot of times when I'm, I cross somebody who's in their head, I'm telling them to detach from the outcome, because when you detach from the outcome, you're so tied on the outcome that you're holding on to it so tightly that you you in you start doing things that you don't intend nor want to do because you're you're holding on to it so tight. It's like to get what you want, let it go and it'll show up. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree with that. Hey, Brian, it's been fantastic having you on today. Uh, really, really, really enjoyed this conversation. Um, what do you want to let, any final thoughts, uh, anything you want to share with folks, any links we can include in the show notes for them? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, I, I appreciate you having me on. This was awesome. Always great conversation. And uh, there's a couple places where you can find me. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn a lot. So it's uh, the my username is McDonald Brian, my last name, first name. Uh, and then onpurposegrowth.com is our uh, is our website. And if you're a uh, if you're an entrepreneur who is an expert that's selling and delivering, I've got mm-hmm. a community on Facebook called the On Purpose Growth Community. You can find us there and, and join. It's uh, we talk all things sales and revenue growth. So uh, I'd love to see people there. Awesome. We'll include the links there in the show notes. And if you enjoyed today's episode, feel free to write us a review, share with your friends. And as always, we're listening for your feedback. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Sales Hustle. Are you a sales professional looking to take your sales career to the next level? If the answer is yes, then I want you to go over to salescast.co. Check us out, and if you feel that you are ready, set up a time to talk with me and my co-founder, Chris. I'm your host, Colin Mitchell, and if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to leave us a review and share the podcast with your friends.